0: Now we might not get into Monty Python, but if we do, uh, we'll see. Uh, The idea of of the joke is very interesting because last week we were talking about how you go from one dimension to another and that jump to the other dimension. it's It's a sudden jump. You can't get there from here. And so in a way, that's what jokes do. That you All of a sudden you get it and you're on the other side. And so I wonder how much uh, jokes have to do with that experience of moving to this other dimension when you see something in a way that you hadn't seen before. And Ibn Arabi talks a lot about The jokes about the true jokes, um, and that that's a a sign of the Malamiya, these very special people who he says they tell jokes, they take care of widows, and they take care of orphans. (laughs) And so that's kind of their job description. Okay, so uh, if we could begin with with the Fatiha.
1: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Maliki Yawm Iyaka na'budu wa Iyaka nasta'im Lihdina al-Sirata al-Mustaqim Sirata al-Lazina an'amta alayhim Thank you, okay,
0: let's start with this. So in in the first slides, keep an eye on the red line there, that red rectangle, keep an eye on that. So what we're looking at here is that that was, I think, our first slide in early, early uh, April or end of March, early April, I guess, the first slide. And uh, so we're, we're back there again, this line dividing it. Ibn Arabi will talk about these two sides. So on the one side, so let's call that the divine side, there's the single entity, ein wahda so this that, this single entity, this essence, this that, the who, has many names, like haq, and has many adjectives, like generous, constricting, expanding, and many verbs, so very many doings, things that are done. So this that, that essence, that who on the, that side, Is a single entity, but it has many names, adjectives, and verbs. And then on this side, there's a single entity. And if you're... We can say just quickly in parentheses, it's the same entity. But anyway, it's this single entity on this side now. And this single entity has many properties, many colors, and many variegations, so, and also very many names, adjectives, and verbs. But Ibn Arabi usually talks about this side as having properties and colors and varies, variousness, and variegations. So we're watching this, this red line in the middle. And then what he works with this uh, double lesa kamith uh, lihishayn and huwa samil basir. I'm sorry, but the phone is just going to go on for a while. Um, he takes the ka. See, there's a ka right there. Lesa ka mithlihi. And so lesa is not, there is not. And then ka is either a relative pronoun or it's a, I put it on both sides. It's an intensive or it's a relative program, pronoun. So if it's a relative pronoun, it's like, or it's like the one that is. And on the other side, I've got relative pronoun there, but it should be intensive. So at all, not at all. So it's an intensive. So it has both forms, and both are correct. So the usual way to read it is to read on, if we take this side, there is not at all his likeness anything so that means there is not anything at all which is his likeness so there's nothing like him at all so on this side there's nothing like him at all and then on this side you have there is not like his likeness anything so there is nothing like his likeness so this is the other side Um, and then both go to, and he is the hearing, the seeing. So what Eponaribe does here is he's, he puts, gives us two sides. On one side, there is the God who has nothing like him. And then on this side, there is his likeness, his projection, and there is nothing like us. So there is nothing like us, and God is not in any way like us. And so we are unique, nothing like us. And then God is unique, nothing like us. But because this ka is a relative pronoun or an intensifier, both sides have this, uh, it creates both sides. It creates two readings, two sides. And then we're following this red rectangle again. So Bilqis, the throne that she has back at home is brought, to Solomon, to Solomon. And that throne, the question is, is this throne the same as your throne? Is it your throne? And so the question, is it your throne? The answer is it as it, it is as if it is it. Ka So there's who on this side, the throne, and there's who on this side? The throne. And this throne, related to this throne, is as if it is this throne. And so we have again two sides thrown on both sides and the only and and so there's a throne on this side and then there's a throne as if it is on this side. Then we have the who on this side and the not who on the other side. So everything on this side is who and everything on this side is not who and this is that the vision that it would be received of this who la who so the there's the H and the U there, the who, and then that big aliflam is the la. So who, la, who. And you can also read al-who, the who, la, who is no who. And so on both sides, we have who. This side is a who, and this side is a not who, but it's a parenthesis not who, because you can say that this side is who, and it's not who, okay? And then one of this, who, Allah, who. So then we have that symmetry again and the division. So who, Allah, who. So if you look at the end of the Allah, there's the H there. And then we have a U sign sign on top of it. Now, the thing about that H is that visually, we don't see who. You only see Allah with an H. But uh, with orally listening, you hear Allah So this is Ibn Arabi's way of saying who, la, who. It is who and it's not who. So Allah visually is not who. But orally through my ears, Allah is who. So who, Allah hu. And then we have who, Allah who, hu, la ilaha illa hu. So who hu is Allah, who is la ilaha illa who and who is who who is allah who la ilaha illa who and it goes on and on and then that is the division then with that red is the split between inside this circle so wherever you start you have you have the, the rest of the side and so we've been going from small to big from the little kaf to the who, to the lahu to the who, to the what we what we just had. Now we have bismillah, the basmillah. The basmillah also is, there are two, it's on two sides. On one side is the one we're familiar with, r-Rahim is by the all comprehensive name Allah, Arachman, Rahim. And then on this side, all of the names that are over there, all the divine names, are visible and emerge over here. So there are no divine names over there that don't emerge over here. And we know this because Adam Eve was taught all the names. So being taught all the names means all of these names over here have been learned and manifest over here in the Adam Eve. So, so this basmala can now be read, bismillah, is by the all-comprehensive name Allah, which is the name of the one who taught Adam, Eve, all of the names. So being taught all of the names to contain and comprehend all of the names, to encompass all of the names, is to be this word Allah, the all-comprehensive name. So Bismillah on this side means Adam, Eve. And then Ar-Rahman. So Rahman is a divine name on that side. But on this side, that divine name settles on the throne. So Istiwa, settles on the throne. So Rahman on this side is the cosmic throne upon which this name Rahman has settled. So it's visible manifest it is the cosmos and it is the kind mercy the supreme compassion that is uh, on the entire cosmos <coughs> excuse me then rahim over there there's a divine name called arahim and over here there is the person of muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam who is Rauf rahim gentle and kind to the faithful so Rahim on that side is Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi on this side. So this is how Ibn Abi says that the Basmalah is the Adam Eve. It's the Rahman of the cosmos, the world. And it's the Rahim, the Muhammad And so this is how we have that three in this Basmalah. And so there are two sides. And there are two sides in our next level of the, um, the Ikhlas, the, Say he is Allah one. So, Samad, uh, if we look, I've put out Edward Lane's uh, description and record of what the lexicographers throughout uh, time have, have said Samad is. Samad is a person to whom you have recourse. So, for Ibn Arabi, this is that we, you turn to someone for help, you turn to someone for what you need. So on the one side, now this ikhlas, this surah, this was given because the Jewish community approached Muhammad sallallahu and said, affiliate for us, your Lord, affiliate. So give us the lineage or the affiliation of your Lord. And so Muhammad sallallahu was given, qulhu Allahu ahad, Allahu samad, lam yalad, walam yulad. So the first part is Qul. So this is the instruction to uh, Rasulullah Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to say that who is Allah Ahad one. And then Allahu Samad. Allah is the one all turned to, to rec- in recourse to for what they need. So they, all of us turn to Allah in order to get what we need, which is being. Lam yalid, So he gave birth to none. So Allah does not give birth to anyone. Walam yulad, and was not born from anyone. Walam lahu, and who does not have any kufu one. Kufu is a match or a mate or a partner or an equal. Ahad. There is no Ahad, there is no one, which is equal to who. So on the other side, Ibn Arabi reads the same Surah al-Ikhlas on this side. And here it's say, he is the all-comprehensive name Allah, one, and there is none like him. So we just saw there's nothing like him. So the all comprehensive name, all the divine names from that side show up on this side. And they show up in Adam Eve, in the cosmos. And so this Adam Eve, which com- comprehends and encompasses all names, is the name Allah. And that name and that cosmos and that Adam Eve is one. There's nothing like them. There's no second one after that. And it's not like what the divine side is. So it's a separate, and it's on this side. And then Allah, the all comprehensive name Allah, who turns to being for existence. So all of us on this side, turn to the divine side for what we need, for our being, for breath, for nourishment, for everything we need, for our existence. This Adam-Eve gave birth to none. So this Adam-Eve does not give birth to anyone. Because only after Adam-Eve is split into Adam and Eve is there a birth. So before they're split, there is no birth. So Adam-Eve gives birth to no one. And Adam-Eve was not born from anyone. Because it was the two hands of Allah forming the clay. And breathed into the, by the breath of Ar Rahman, and f- created flush against the image of Ar Rahman, That Adam was created flush against the image of Allah or the image of Rahman. So Adam Eve did not does not give birth to anyone and was not born from anyone. And Adam-Eve has no equal. There is no other Adam-Eve out there. And there's no other entity called Adam-Eve out there. Uh, if there were two, the world would be spoiled. So there is only one. So there's one on this side, and there's one on this side. Okay. And now we have that the Hadith qutsi uh, Ibn Arabi uses this all the time. And this is... So I'll read it slowly. Qala Allahu, that God said, to Allah, exalted is He. Qasam I divided as salat, the prayer, and here's the Fatiha. Baini, between me, wa bain abdi, and my slave, nisphain, into two halves. So Nisphain, there are two halves. So remember, we've been looking at these two halves everywhere. And so Omri uh, will take us through how this, how this all works in the Fatiha.
2: Thank you. The messenger of God, peace be upon him, said, God said, I have divided the prayer between me and my servant in two halves and my servant will receive whatever he asks for. So, if the servant says, praise be to God, the Lord of the worlds, God exalted says, my servant has praised me. And if the servant says, the compassionate, the merciful, God exalted says, my servant loads me. And if the servant says, king of the day of judgment, God exalted says, my servant glorifies me and submits himself to me. And if the servant says, it is you whom we worship and it is you we seek for assistance, God exalted says, this is shared between me and my servant and my servant will receive whatever he asks. And if the servant asks, guide us, guide us unto the, the straight path, the path of those whom you have favored, not those who received your wrath, nor those who go astray. God exalted says, His verses are reserved to my servant, and my servant will receive whatever he asks.
0: Thank you. So that's the division into two of the Fatiha. That I have divided the prayer in the Fatiha between myself and my slave. And now this brings us to Qada and Qadar. And so this is this is such an interesting and complicated subject. And I keep expecting to eventually say we're going to look at Qada and Qadar. Uh, on a Friday, and it just is so complicated. And I can't figure out so much of it. So uh, we'll just we'll go through what we can right now. There is one very nice and clear way of understanding qada and qadar. So this is predestiny, foreknowledge, um, fate. All of these things are in these two words. But uh, for clarity, it turns out when you read Ibn Arabi that you can see that they're two different things. So qada is, is one thing, it's, it's like destiny in a sense, it's, and, but it's not quite like the whole, what we call destiny. And qadar is also like destiny or foreknowledge and things like that. So we'll, we'll look at that, but I'll kind of keep using the Arabic words because they are uh, very uh, ac- precisely uh, uh, described. So we start with two books so there are two books because everything that who creates is created in twos with as pairs as a pair so there are two books also there's a first book called the mother book and the mother book is the one that sets out everything that's going to happen in one sense to you to everyone so this mother book is the gives you the, um, the elements and along the way of your life that you will have, how much money you'll have, uh, how you'll handle certain situations, what difficult situations will be presented to you, um, what, so what blessings you'll be getting, what uh, afflictions you'll be getting. All of this is in the mother book. And then there is another book called, which is, a book which is on qadr, which is describing what you do with what you were given. So the mother book is what you're given, and the other book is what you do with what you were given. And so the first name that goes to the first book, the mother, is the alim, the one who knows all. So knows all the things that are going to happen to me and you in our entire life knows all of that. It's laid out in the book called the mother book. And the other name is Al-Khabir, the one who is informed of, well aware, the one who has tested you and finds out who you are. So this is the second book because Al-Khabir, the one who is all informed, is informed on what you do with each of the things that are presented to you. So the definition of, so of qada then, the general decree, so this is the, the mother book decree, is the one which has the effective execution of the matters, what will come to pass. So what's going to happen to you, what's going to be presented to you, that's in the mother book. The second one is qadar, and that is what's going to occur in the particular being that is you, and what you are going to do with what you are given. So we have the verse, and if, uh, so let's see. So we have the verse, and if God expanded the daily sustenance for his creatures, they would behave inordinately in the earth. So if God expanded the daily sustenance for his creatures, they would behave inordinately in the earth. So now Ibrahim is telling us, if inordinate behavior were found to be coming from expanded provision, no final argument would arise against them because God knows that expanded provision causes his creature to behave inordinately. Okay, so... There is a measure that's given to you. This is an amount, amount that is given to you. It can be affliction, a blessing, wealth, family, whatever. And so this that's given to you is given to you in a certain measure known by God. And if God gives you more than that and you don't deal with it correctly, it's not your fault because God knows that you will, do, you will be inordinate if you are given too much. So you're given only what you can handle, and then you are asked and told to respond to what you are given. But if you are given too much, either too much affliction or too much wealth, whatever happens is not your fault, because God knows how much you can handle and doesn't give you more daily sustenance than you can have. And the reason that we're given daily sustenance in these measures is because the technique or the mechanism for feeding the poor is to give wealth to the rich. This is the divine method. Now, as you know, Marxists and others, we can say we might disagree with the divine technique, but the divine technique is you give the wealthy person money and wealth beyond what they need and they take what they need and the rest they deliver it to the poor. So the delivery of provision to poor people is through wealth in rich people. And so the, so the person who receives wealth takes only what they need and the rest of it gets sent off to the poor person. And that's because the rich person Is subjugated to the poor person. So he might be right. So then, if there is inordinate behavior with the measured amount, whatever we're getting, while there was no expanded provision, the final argument arises against them. So if you got this much wealth and you didn't, and you took out what you needed, and you didn't give the rest to the poor, then the final argument will rise against you. Because you were, were supposed to transfer that wealth to the poor person, that was the mechanism that the divine has for poor person getting what they need. This is in the place where someone holds back from another what is in their hands. So they have something in their hand, they hold it back, even though they got enough out of it that they need, and there's left over. Whatever is more, whatever is left over, you know it is for the general betterment of another. So whatever you have after your needs are taking place, you know it's for someone else. And from its surplus, you provide a loan. Now, the loan in Islam, you either get the exact amount of money back, or you get less than that money back, or you get nothing back at all. Those are the only loans that there are in Islamic banking. Uh, Exactly what you gave, less than what you gave, or none of what you gave. There's no going the other direction. So, you are not making a loan from what is your daily sustenance. So the little bit that I need to sustain myself, I don't loan that out. I loan whatever is excess to that. You loan from what, you you don't take out what sustains your individual body. And he made this behavior, providing to others, to be one of the entirety of general betterments for the creatures. So all of the people get these benefits because the the money, the wealth moves from place to place and goes where it needs to go. Thus, he raises some of them above others in steps on the ladder in order for some of them to take others as subjugated to them. So the person who is up on the ladder is subjugated to the ones who are not there. So the rich person is subjugated under the rule of the poor person because the poor person's money is sitting in the rich person's hand. That is, the rich are subjugated to the poor, and they are given surplus over their daily needs, so that they will provide general betterment to the poor. And since God has brought himself down to the lighting places of his creature, he effectively executes against himself their rules. So just as the rich are subjugated to the poor, God is subjugated to His creatures, so God is subjugated under the rule of His creatures, because the, because He has has this level, and therefore He is subjugated, obligated to give to the creatures. And so this is how uh, this is how Ibn Arabi talks about the mulkul mulk, the the kingly possessions of the kingly possessions. So we are the kingly possessions. And actually we possess the king because we say, guide us to the straight path. So that imperative is, is, a, is an order, is a command, guide us to the straight path. Thus, he rules not about them, but by them. This is part of the final argument, this hujata balikra, this final decisive argument he has against them. And his word is a fitting recompense, a recompense for the good they did, a recompense for the bad they earned. So all of the things that they did, all of their deeds, that we do, um, these deeds, it's in itself, if I have more than I need, and I didn't give it to a poor person, it's on me, it's against me, because I am subjugated to that poor person. If I um, were given more than I need and given more, and my expansion, my provision was expanded so much, then I would behave inordinately, and therefore it would not be my fault that I did what I did. So it's their deeds that torment them and their deeds that bless them. No one else is deciding judiciously about them, juridically about them. So they have no one to blame but themselves. So this is how, in, when it comes to blessing, it's not me who can be praised for being blessed. And if it comes to torment, it's not anyone else who can be blamed for tormenting me. So the torment is, with, is by my own deeds. And this is why in the hellfire, there are no angels who are doing things to anyone. The torment is coming from inside. And so now, if we get we have some some eli to be sung by three people
3: <clears throat> the mystic guide open the way, bring us space around the soul, the rose of light is petal, divine air. Blossom in the grateful heart The misty guide pulls a true wine Her tears of love flow the world Her blessed okay. face, a golden mm-hmm. Learning of the rising sun so this one is anyone can attend but the one personally is by his invite work
2: mm-hmm.
4: Just one, like what, by imitation.
3: I mean, if you know, right? Oh, like, like. In your painful mystery of love, lovers find the cure pain. Wandering through the desert of longing, crying aloud, ah, love, love, drunk with delight, that survived man. Eyes of flame weave desperate love your friends cry out like Moses on the mountain Lord reveal yourself to me
4: My eyes are weeping with love's agony as I dance on the mystic way, possessing nothing, not even myself, crying out. Poverty is my pride. My direction of prayer is your face. My victory banner reads, all is he. Paradise is not my concern. Hell is not my anxiety.
1: You are what they praise at the holy Kaaba. You are what they seek at temples and shrines. I am free from every religion, crying aloud, Allah, Allah. Strive to become the true human being, one who knows love, one who knows pain. Be full, be humble, be utterly silent. Be the bowl of wine, pass from hand to hand. Ever present, where should I search? Always aware, what should I pray? When you glance with infinite mercy, how can any separation be?
0: There we go. How can any separation be? Thank you. <laughs> and uh, here we'll have Qada and Qadda in this poem. Uh, Klaus give that to us.
5: Your ships are your bodies in the ocean of this world, which has flowed abundantly. You are her caravans, and you are in great danger. You have no shore to give you safety other than Kadar and Qadar. So be sincere, supplicate and exert yourself. There is no escaping God. This is what I witnessed in the vision during the night I had until dawn. So be chitted, take heed, and learn from the one who becomes healed. The awe by God with no doubt is upon the back of the journey
0: Thank you. So this uh, dream that I had, I told you a few weeks ago, um, I see this as the back of the journey. So we can s- look down and see this, this tunnel or this, this figure here. And we've seen that the mother book is what will be. And they are, in a sense, all of the obstacles that are placed on this obstacle course. So this long tube then becomes, this is the back of the journey, becomes your, it's our obstacle course. It's all of the things that are thrown at us or given to us. And how we navigate and how, what we do with what we are given uh, makes a difference. So the actual course, the way it's laid out and what there's going to be on it, that's the mother book. And that's all of the things that, will, that is, are known about what my life will have, when I will die, Uh, where I will be born, who will be siblings, um, what blessings I will be receiving, what afflictions I will be suffering. So all of this is the mother book. It's the obstacle course. And then how we go through it, how we meet with all of these things is the second book. What we do along this obstacle course is the second book. So the first book, there is no change. There, it is, it's fixed. It's the way it is. It's like what we usually think of as destiny. Um, and this is the word does not change with me. So there is no change in this obstacle course. You're going to get these blessings and these afflictions. You're going to be born now and die now. Then this is all there. The word does not change with me. But then the good news is, and I am not oppressive to my creatures. So this obstacle course is not one that it's going to be oppressive to me. So it is an obstacle course. It has afflictions and all of these things, but it's not going to be oppressive to me. The second book is what I do along the way. And that one, the second book, uh, Ibn Arabi talks about there when you, when you go to that far, far place and hear the scratching of the pens, the scratching of the pens that are writing, what they're writing is not the mother book. These pens are writing what you do with what you were given. And so they're they're poised and waiting to see. So this affliction comes and the pen is waiting. What are you going to do about it? This blessing comes, wealth comes, and the pen is waiting. What are you going to do with it? Do you know that you're subjugated and, you're, and you've and you got to distribute that to someone else? And then what you do will be what the pen writes. And the beauty thing about these, these small pens, be calls them the small pens, is that these small pens, they're poised, they write, and they can be erased very easily. And the erasure is called gafur and sitter covering, and afu, uh, overlooking. Um, so the pens, what they have written, can be erased and changed. And that is this verse, these, we, read, we looked at this last week, these God turns their, ble- their badnesses into goodnesses. And God is all forgiving, covering over, kind to do this. And so these small pens can all be changed. What they've written can all be changed. So what we do is we go through this obstacle course. Things are happening to us, good things, bad things. And, then, and that's all fixed. It's a course that's already laid out. But how we approach them, and then everything that I've done, that I went left when I should have gone right, I have the ability or the blessing to go back and change that. So this is like a time loop. I can go back to the same event, which was a fixed event, but the reaction and the meaning of that event is changeable, is mutable. So I go back and I change what needs to be changed. And then if I go through the entire process, remember we had this as the waqafa and tawfiq, wafaqa and tawfiq, this to become brought into harmony and then to be harmonious, to be successful. So when this obstacle course becomes the bridge, the bridge that we see, Ibn Arabi says, when we leave the grave, we see this bridge that reaches to the gate of the garden. And we know that this bridge is what we have been designing all of our life. So this bridge is what we are designing all of our life. And so I look back at the bridge that's going to take me through to the garden, to the gate of the garden, and all of the obstacles, all of the afflictions, did I do the right thing with them? All of the things that I did wrong, have I been able to cover them over and ask for the angel to cover them over? Have I said, astaghfirullah? And if I've covered them over, then all of these things which look like gaffes and hooks, Becomes sheathed and, and covered. And so I pass through them. And so I look back on my life, which is this bridge, which I see when I leave the grave, and I see an obstacle course and how I navigated through it. And if I'm fortunate, then I had the Rahmah of Allah from the beginning, and I can see that I did many good things and I knew how to say astaghfirullah and guides were given and I listened to those guides and they guided me. That's a fortunate person. If I am an unfortunate person, my rahma will come later. It will come later in the grave and then later in the fire or wherever, in, on, the, on the process to the fire. It, those are the places where rahma will come later. And this Rama coming later, we'll have that read right now if we could.
6: And lo, the world tumbles, and the boundaries raised, and the rivers blend, and the two oceans meet, and the membrane barrier milk is voided. Torment becomes blessed goodness, and Jehannon becomes a garden with no torment and no punishment, only blessed goodness and security seen by the inhabitants of the fire with their own eyes. The birds sing melodies with full and various, and the contrast eyed ones are veiled across their noses, and the youth with turbans veiled across their noses. And Malik the angel in charge of the fire, leaves. And with one, the angel in charge of the garden, stays. And the fire starts to be blessed inside the arboreal enclosures of the gardens. And the secret of Beavis is told there. Lo, he and the one the angels bow down to are the same. The two, Beavis and Adam, did not function except from a divine determination that came from before and a subsequent destiny as a consequence of eating from the tree, which neither neither one could escape. And Moses argues with Adam, Adam, you had the people expelled from the garden.
0: Thank you. This is quite some moment, isn't it? Okay. And uh, now let's hear from. Is it sound okay, everyone? Good. well we have a we have a question about the mother book, and so the mother book is that book which describes and writes down and fixes what's going to be our situation, what we'll get of afflictions, what we'll get of blessings, and all of these things. It's, our, the sto- it's the story of our life with the elements which are fixed. And so these elements which are fixed um, are fixed in a certain measure, so a certain amount of affliction. And that affliction can never be more than we can handle, or then it would be not our fault for how we react to it. And the blessing can be won't be more than we can handle, or it won't be our fault for not uh, it will not be our fault for doing what we've done. So this is how Allah comes into the the uh, contract with us and says that that you are subjugated to the one who you need to give things to just the way I am subjugated to you. and so uh, and so this is why in the Quran, uh, I guess Suleiman is, or Daoud is told, judge me by the true, judge by the true, meaning don't judge me by what you've given to me in the mother book, but how I've dealt with everything. And so the second book is the little pens, and they're the ones that are saying, how did this person deal with these difficulties? How did he deal with these blessings? Did he do the right thing? And what those pens can do then is entirely mutable. So if I didn't do the right thing, I can go back. I can time loop and go back and do it the right way by covering up what was wrong, by reparations, all of these kinds of things. So the little pens can all be changed. And the mother book, this obstacle course uh, that is, is fixed, it's what is going to happen to us in our lives. And we also have a question about the, the who, the visible and invisible. And this also works with the, uh, the golden letters of Quran or the 14 letters. Ibn Arabi is very interested that when you see the letter sud, you don't hear the word sud. Uh, when you see Allah written, there's an H at the end, that loop at the end is the H. You just see Allah. But when you hear someone pronounce it, you hear Allahu, Allahu. So it's visible and invisible. It's, it's manifest and non manifest. So the Allah as written, the who is hidden, invisible. The Allah is written, but the who is not written. It's just a loop, the H. But when it's spoken, Allahu, suddenly the who is visible or perceptible by sound. So it's perceived when it is invisible, not perceived when it is visible. So this helps us handle these paradoxes.
4: Shue, related to that is the very first question from Latifa, why do you translate hua with "who"? Okay,
0: yeah, so, uh, so hua is the, the two letters of ha and wa, um, the convention is uh, when, you, when you're pronouncing a name, uh, not to pronounce the last uh, syllable, or I guess it's the last syllable. So you would say Allah, and, and Allahu is the technical way of saying it, and you would say Allahu samad, if there's another word following it. Um, so that's why in like the mu'mina, the ah at the end, you would say mu'min, and you wouldn't say rahima, you would say rahim. So you would cut off that last syllable. So this is why. And so the who is is the description of the word hua. So hua is he, it, third person singular. And who is the huiyat, is the description of that pronoun. And the description of the pronoun huiyat is feminine. So again, we have the feminine description of the masculine pronoun which is another way of keeping us bending these things so that we don't get fixed in one place or the other.
4: Um, mm-hmm. The next question is Adamid the one soul that Allah speaks about in Quran?
0: Yes, so, well, that's that's the, the you have this, you have the when you talk about the ayn wahda the single entity here, which is Allah, the essence, the names, the the adjectives and the verbs, there's also an ayn wahda a single entity over here, but It would be shirk to say that they are separate and different or not the same it is the same it is the same single entity but it's the single entity on this side and there's a single entity on this side which is the same single entity and uh and that's why and so that's why When we get over here, all of these names are divine names, and so show me the least tremendous name so I can show you the most tremendous name that tells you that this is the, these are all divine names, and they're all equal and all beautiful, and so. That also tells us that the greatest name is the transcendent Adam, or it's your name. Your name is the greatest name. And so there no, there's no hierarchy, or there's no something over here that's better, more divine than the other. It's all divine. It's like saying that on God's side, there's some parts that are more godlike than others. It's, it's all God, and over here, it's all creation. And there's not one part of creation that's better than another part of creation.
4: Amid Massoumi writes, He provides through you to others, and the other gets his or her share whether you give it as charity or the other steals it from you.
0: <laughs> uh, it could be one way of looking at all of that. <laughs> um, yeah, this, well, and that's why it's so interesting is that the reason that the person is given wealth is to distribute it to the poor. And that's the kind of divine mechanism for getting wealth to the poor, um, and you would see, you, if you look at Sharia, how very, very, very strong uh, stealing is. It's very, very serious, um, because, what, because what the stealing is you're stealing from God, because God put that wealth there to be given to someone else, and you can't break the sequence and steal it, because then you're stealing from God, and that's why someone kills someone, their brother can forgive you and say, no penalty. But if someone steals, that can't be forgiven. And because it can't be forgiven, that's why you have to change the name very quickly. If someone steals your sandals when you're coming out of the mosque, you, and someone say we well, he stole your sandals. You don't say he stole my sandals. You say, I gave him my sandals because there's no forgiving stealing. So this it's a very powerful, and so that's because the wealth is God's wealth. You're holding it until you give it to the right person.
4: Um, another question about the mother book is: is it what is commonly called the Book of Life?
0: Yeah, that, uh, yeah. I'm call, I was just calling it the obstacle course. <laughs> Depending on if you look at your life as an obstacle course or as an easy path, <laughs> but yeah, it would be what? It's the bridge, which Ibn Arabi says you have created and designed all of your life. So it is the bridge that you've made all of your life, and that bridge is presented to you. In other words, it's like the near-death experiences. Your life goes through your eyes. Uh, from the beginning to the end in a non-judgmental way. So at, after we leave the grave, we see our life in front of us. And that's when we know that, oh, thank God, I I asked for forgiveness for these bad things. And thank God I did this right things. And all of my actions stretching all the way to the tree called the tuba, and so to the, to the last place, that that all of those deeds are become animated, they become somebody, good or ugly, beautiful or ugly, and so I want to be able to see beautiful images all the way throughout my, my life. And so this is why, and at that point, uh, when you leave death, that's why the Qur'an says, and so now they want to say, oh, I see the way things are, I wish I could go back. But you can't go back, because this, you, this is your life it's already there, and you've fixed it as many times as you've had to fix it as you go. And there's no then turning back from that.
4: Okay, Shereen asks, could you explain how Adam and Eve did not give birth to others?
0: Right, so there's a lump of clay, and this lump of clay is formed with the two hands, it's breathed into with the breath of a Rahman, and it is the mirror image of Rahman, Allah Suratihi, means flush against uh, His image, or the image of Allah, or the image of Rahman in other traditions. So that lump of clay breathed into the image of God is the one that is going to be uh, given all of the names. So Allah teaches this lump all of the names. So all the divine names are going to be, be received by this lump. And this lump is made out of earth so that it can be receptive to all things. And that's why this earth is so valuable. It's the one that receives all of these divine names. And then after that, the two are split so that just the way the single word is split into two at the footstool, the same way the Adam-Eve have to be split and have to be polar so that they can then create the offspring. So only by separating can you have creation and reproduction.
4: So Nadsri Hashim writes, consider two sides of a coin, the head of which is the mother book, and the tail is the second book. I am allowed to supplicate to change the what's in the second book. Does it change the mother- Is it actually already decided by the
0: mother book? Right. Well, so if these are two coins, then the one side never gets changed. So you can change this side all the time. So but that never but changing and so asking for forgiveness, doing things which are good, um, being being uh, sorrowful for what you've done, regretful and changing things, all of that. None of that will change your obstacle course. It will not change how many siblings you have. It will not change when you were born, and it will not change when you're dead, when you die. So therefore, the mother book is not changing. It's this other book that is the changeable one.
4: Okay, and Baki asks, she says there are ways, there have always been questions about predestination and free will. Would you say that Qadar is free will, what we do we, what we are given, what we we are given, is there really free will, or are our choice also
0: Right. So, yeah, so this one is, this in a way, it's the way to look at free will and predestination, because the mother book is what you are given. Your free will is how you react to them, and how you respond to them. So when something good happens to you, what do you do with it? now, so that is not determined, um, but w- what people who are become experts of the soul, they begin to see that how things people have handled the past can tell how they're going to handle their future. And so um, part of navigating into the future is to be able to deal with what happened in the past. So, um, to be able to go back to the past, change things in their meaning dimension and change what they what they mean, the significance of them to change it so that you then can go into the future in a different way. And it seems like and that's and that's where you feel the 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 free will. There is the there is the principles that this thing happens and then this happens in the mother book, but those are those are things that that are not mutable, can't be changed. It's how we react to them, and so what we then see is that those people who are in, who see things as blessings, have always see things as a blessing. And you know these kinds of people. No matter what happens to them, they see they see the blessing in the badness. They see the blessing, and they're the ones who who when Allah asks them in the garden you are so blessed now, and they say, we are so blessed, we are so happy, and Allah says, have you ever not been happy? Have you ever experienced pain? And because they are immersed in pleasure, they say, we have never experienced pain. We have never not had anything but blessing. And so this is, uh, they haven't changed the mother book. They, all of the things, bad things happen to them, happen to them, but they didn't see them as bad. They say, we've never had anything bad. We are blessed. And then the people in the fire are asked, were you ever having an experience of goodness? And they say, we have never had anything good. It's been bad, bad, bad. It's been, you know, turtles after the turtles after the turtles, bad, bad, bad. And yet when you look back at their life course or their obstacle course, they have this good thing, this thing, and this thing. It's just that they didn't use them. They didn't react to them well. And so they're the ones who are immersed in, we've had nothing but bad in this situation but they 're talking about their second book, not about their mother book, because the mother book gives us everyone uh, goodness and badness, and it all depends on how we deal with that. <laughs> yeah, the little pens are subjugated to Allah the little pens are, are the little pens are waiting to be told which way to go, and uh, Allah says, "If you do this, I will do that so those kinds of uh, of responses are the ones that activate these little pens so that if you do that, I will do that. And that's also the pens that are alluded to by the Prophet, when the person said, you know, that he was he committed adultery that night. And the Prophet said, the angels have spent the entire night trying to cover that up, and you're now broadcasting it. So that's part of the little pen stuff, that, that, that we don't talk about things that we've done bad. We try to fix them. We try to fix them and cover them and, and not broadcast them about. And so the Quran says, Allah, Allah does not love that bad things get broadcast about, except in Zulu, and that's different, and that's when you're trying to tell someone you've done something wrong, so that you can then help the person that's been wronged, and also the wronging person, you can help them too.
4: Muhammad would like to ask you a question. Please, please do, yeah,
0: and I will open up your mic, yeah.
2: Thank you, uh, um, Brother Shuaib. Um, You talked about the single entity and the separation and the line between the two and also all Allah's attributes. It triggered two questions in my mind, an initial question and a main question. So my main question will depend on your response uh, to the initial question. The initial question is, is it true to say that uh, Ibn Arabi believed in sort of that is unity of existence, or
0: sort of pantheism? Mm-hmm. Well, well, it's, it's, it's difficult to look at his ideas and insights as, as a system, and so that's why I kind of would resist a philosophical term or, 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 a, or, a, or a system. Uh, because it all depends on what perspective you're looking at. And that's why if you wanted to come up with a single term for Ibn Arabi, you would say, who, lahu." who. It is and it isn't. And this is, the, this is throughout Ibn Arabi's work. He'll show you something that's true from this perspective. You change a perspective, you see something different. And this is one reason why we love jokes because you see something and all of a sudden oh you see it that way and it's just hilarious you just you crack up and you get it instantly so that switch that switch of perspective is the delight that is reading the futuhat. every time you see something all of a sudden it switches like you hear the verse we looked at a few weeks ago that oh the work the the work that the that the kufar the the Kafirs, the disbelievers, do it's like a mirage in the desert, and the thirsty person thinks it's water, and they get there and they don't find water, they find God, and God is quick to do hisab, meaning punish and everything, and then you, and I say, whoa, what it says is God attracted you to come to the desert, and say, hey, here's some water that you want, and you come to that water, and then Allah says, here I am and he's quick to sufficiency. So his sob here means like paying the bill. It's, a fit, it's sufficiency, it pays what needed to be paid. So it's the most beautiful verse in the world. So, and that's why Ibn Arabi says all of these verses, they, have, they, are, the, they are the ones that chide you, that, that tell you do this, do that, but they're also ones that, that give you the, the sweetness. And they're they're there, both sides are there for the same reason, which is to get the rahma, the mercy of Allah, to be flowing. Yeah. And, so, and so in this sense, uh, so this Jane Clark asked about the Qadr and the and the state of prophets and saints who don't sin. The um and even the question is: do the does the mu'min, does the faithful person sin? And here So if you are given an affliction, a suffering, that is more than you can bear, then you are not responsible for it. So there can be no sin or offense for not being able to respond to something that's too much for you. And that's why we have not given the soul any more than she has capacity to bear. So anything beyond her capacity to bear, the pen is lifted. So this is what we, the, the way that they describe insanity, for instance, if you do something when you become crazy, insane, mentally, whatever, uh, the pen is lifted and no, one, and no one will charge you. You won't be, you won't be uh, accused of anything. You're not sinning when you do something. And that's why the Sufis say, don't come to the salat when you're drunk, uh, because when you're drunk, the, the pen is lifted and so nothing is being written. So sin is the pens that are writing, and those sins then can be switched. Their badnesses can be changed into goodnesses uh, by these mechanisms of prayer and dua and astaghfirullah and all of these ones. <laughs> and Baki has something to say about American jokes. Yeah, well, this is a British joke we're talking about.
4: Okay. I, could you read, there's, there's something from Faiz Hamsa Okay, uh, what is when the Quran says and I can't
0: read it. Okay, let me see if I can find um, So that the, that the people of the fire will stay, abide in the fire. And Ibn Arabi says, abiding in the fire, and, and so Ibn Arabi says, abiding in the fire forever is not the same thing as being tormented forever. And he says that the adab the torment, switches to other sweetness. So the people of in the fire who are her family, their happiness, their felicity, their goodness comes from staying in the fire. And so when that time comes, when the fire has done everything it needs to done and all of the internal torment that I and whoever is in there has been giving themselves. So the person has is tormenting themselves and their own deeds are per- tormenting them. So when they wake up that this is not the way to be, I would rather be in harmony, as we looked at last week. The moment they say, I want to be in harmony, then the fire changes, and what was torment becomes sweetness. And then in the passage, Omer and I were reading, I guess last month, uh, the people of the garden come down to the wall and look at the fire, and they say, thank God we're not there. And they get more pleasure than they have ever had, even in the garden, in knowing that they're not there. So that's the pleasure of reaching somewhere safely, is much better than the pleasure of just reaching somewhere and you didn't have any troubles. So the more troubles you have, the more pleasure you're going to get when you meet the place that you want to be in. And then the people of the fire, he says, also come to the well, wall, and they look up at, this, at the people of the garden, and they say, thank God we're not in the garden, because their constitution and their family is in the hellfire, in Jahannam, the sister and so they stay there forever but that doesn't mean that they are tormented forever and then ibn abi suggests that so they these two groups iblis and is there with and uh, moses is there and adam is there and and moses says oh adam look you got the people expelled from the garden and uh, but this was the most beautiful thing because when the when iblis says to to them says Um, Don't approach this tree or you'll get, you'll get knowledge and you'll get eternal life and you'll get uh, to be the king of the world. And so Adam correctly or thinks that this must be God speaking, or this must be like a messenger giving me a message from God, because everything his experience with God has been has been good. And God is just the sort of divinity who will give you knowledge and give you eternal life and give you a kingdom. And so Adam says, Okay, there we go. And then and Ibn Arabi says, And look, it wasn't that he was wrong or that Iblis was wrong. What did Adam, Eve get they got to be the Khalifa, the in charge of the world, the king of the world, and they got eternal life. So, it was a it was a good thing to do, <laughs> and so the two of them they all will start arguing. But from that perspective, once they're there. They look back and they say, oh, this, this whole world, well, you Iblis, you, were, you had to not bow because this had to happen. And Adam, you had to, you had to be doing this or this wouldn't happen. So it all, all worked out in the end. And the, the, the Rahma horse, which has a big chest, was able to come and go and pick up the stake, which is humanity, and say, I've got you. And so, alhamdulillah, it all works out in the end. <laughs>
4: Shue um, uh, Latifa corrects her earlier question about who hu and hua. Yeah. That she said I was referring to hua at the beginning, such as kul huallahu, not at the end of a noun, such as allahu.
0: Right. Um, so the uh, so kul lahu. So yeah. So the lahu. You do have the hua in there, but when you're describing, uh, we're talking about the hua, we you can say who the who but when you were if you were writing in arabic you would write the who with the h and the u also the same way huwa uh. okay
4: can and, we compare qatar with free will
0: yes so that in a sense is the free will that's what you that we have the we have the complete power to respond to a, the a certain way to whatever happens to us so whatever happens to us can, is not under our control, but our response to it is under our control. And so, our, and so that's why we want to be trained and disciplined. And Sheikh Nur takes Malik Yomidin, Malik Yomidin, that verse from, and says, the master of spiritual discipline of all beings. So this concept of the deen having, having a place where everything is accounted for, the accounting is the spiritual discipline. Every being is going to get its discipline as it goes through that tunnel of life or in the grave or in the next places, and that's going to be the spiritual discipline that brings them back to harmony. And that's why it's there in the first place. So you say, why did I have? Why was the mother book giving me, you know, X amount of siblings, and I should die on this day, and I should be born on this day, and I should live here? Why did? Why was that all given to me? Uh, isn't God a good God only if He gives me good things? Well, no, because they're there in order to get the second book into act, action to find out how I react to all of these things, because it's the reaction to all these things which creates the new humanity, which creates the way that one wants to be. And so when we, and that brings us back into harmony because we have met with all of these things and we have done what we need to do with them. Um, Jane and, Clark,
4: oh, sorry. Oh, go
0: ahead. Jane Clark,
4: in view of what you said about Cotter, can you say something about the state? Oops, it just, it just shifted on me. Um, can you say something about the state of prophets and saints? saints who are told that they cannot sin.
0: Yeah, so that that's that's the se- that's the second book and because and and we even have the hadith that does the mu'man sin and the answer is that when the mu'man, the faithful person sins then their their faith becomes like a canopy. And so there is a separation and so or disassociation. And so the separation is there for a certain reason and that separation is because the mother book has you do this, and then the second book is waiting to see what you do with it. And if you do the wrong thing, it sits there and is poised and is waiting for how you then react. When the faith comes back to you, then do you say that was something wrong to be erased, uh, to be repaired, or, that, and so, or, or I'm going to sit with it longer? And so that, that's the whole question of the shadow uh, and the canopy that Ipnabit explores. And then with suicide, so Ibn Arabi says that what we do with suicide is that, or, or, or people um, is that we look at, he says, they have rushed to, they have rushed to what is better. And the Quran has a say, rush to what is better. And Ibn Arabi says, this is what they, they have rushed to something better than the situation they are in. So... Um, it's, so there are various so he makes a very nice, beautiful, long argument about uh the janaza for people who who have who have killed themselves. And so this uh this going to the janazah, he says we do all of these he has these long, long fiqh arguments, these long strategic uh legal arguments. And in the end he says, So you might think that this is somewhat far-fetched, but our job is to see the good in everyone and to, and to assume or to presume the best in everyone. So we will presume that this was a faithful person and this person was responding to the verse of Quran that says, rush to the things which are better. So that's how he works that. And he keeps both those. He says all of these threats and there's a the threat or there is to stop people who might think that they should do that it would is to stop them because it is such a horrible thing for the themselves and the people around them, but the threats are there, and then there's the promise. So Ibn Arabi says that that like, like all generous people, Allah is generous and therefore can threaten, but does not go follow through on the threats. Instead, uh, so anything that is threatened need not be followed through on. Everything that is promised is followed through on.
4: So. Shireen asks, isn't how we react to our obstacle course dependent on and predetermined by our ayan which we were also given? Yeah. So is it really free will?
0: Yeah, well, so, of course, with the Ibn Arabi, you've got majbur fi ikhtiar. Majbur means compelled, forced, bil ikhtiar in free will. So even your free will is uh, compelled. So from one perspective, when you look back at your obstacle course and you see the, things, the mistakes that you've made and you see why you made the mistakes, that is, that is in a sense looking back and saying, well, because of all these things, I moved into that direction. Um, and so there, that is a perspective, no doubt about it. And Ibn Arabi says, that in effect, when I do something good, it's actually, I am compelled to do it because I did something good in the past, which means that this now I'm going to, it's easy for me to do something good now. So that's someone, if I've had spiritual discipline and are able to do something good, it's not because I'm a great guy, it's because all of these things in my past have led up to me to be doing something good. And that's because the rachma that, was received early, so if I have received Rachma early, I had a good grandmother, you know unconditional love here and there, um, and when I did things, I had support and and I had guides and people helping me, then I see myself that whole obstacle course is being navigated quite well it 's not because i 'm a good person, I say, oh, because this is this was given to me, and it became easy to do what 's good and the same way it's is for someone who's doing bad things it's easy to keep doing bad things and they begin to have this feedback effect and so on so that is certainly the the situation and that's all in the sufi path that's all in the psychology it's all in the it's all how we look at these kinds of things in order to find out what was the mother book what was the second book and it's not as clear as it, as well we had to say it very clearly otherwise what you know i'm not going to understand anything but it's also it also has its ambiguities and the ambiguities seem to come from uh, this what he calls being compelled in your free will so it looks like when i do something freely which is good if I look back, it's like compelled. I can see I was necessarily doing that because I've been taught that and I've been helped to see that. And therefore I did that. Uh, and it looks from this direction as if it's predetermined. But I could also say from the, in the future, it, it doesn't look predetermined because I don't know what I'll do next. So that's how <laughs> that works. Um,
4: just a few more questions. Mm-hmm. Hadisha Aski asks, please, Elaborate on change the past in the meaning dimension.
0: Right. So um, the idea of that this, when we look back, yes, there's the mother book, but there's also this other book, which, which how we react to things and how we react to things can be changed. So I can, I can go back to something and instead of seeing it in a certain way, I can, move out, see it differently, and say this was a necessary uh, part of, of my life so that something else good would come from it. And so then I can, instead of, so I can say this thing, this, this crux, this place, this crossroads, when I took this path, I can see why that was so important. And if I took the wrong path, I can go back and say this was the wrong path. And so I want, so uh, I want to change the meaning the way I see. And this is what that image I was giving uh, If someone, if someone hits you like this, you know, my first reaction would be just, you know, jump on a person, you know, you've attacked me. But then they say, oh, sorry, my mistake. Then you realize, oh, well, that's different. So it's the same hit and it hurts the same amount in a way. But if it's, the meaning is that person's attacking me and I've got to kill that person versus, oh, it was an accident, okay, my Cheek still hurts, but it was an accident. Meaning, the meaning is completely mutable, and so the same hit, uh, I can I, re, I can have to, I can take two different meanings, completely different meanings about what that hit means. So the hit, in a sense, is the mother book. It's what happens. So it's what I'm given. But the second is how. I... How I work with that, I say, well, that was just a, an accident. So I'm not going to, you know, spend the rest of my my day angry at this person. It was an accident, um, and so that, so I've changed its meaning. The second book, uh, even though the first book that that there is going to be this hit, uh, can't change. And Ibn Arabi says, there's nothing. All morality is in the second book. There's nothing in the first book. So anything that any hit. Any strike is a strike. It can be good, it can be bad. I can interpret it as good, I can interpret it as bad. Someone can have intended it to be good or intended it to be bad, but the hit itself is neither good nor bad. And that's why the action depends on the niyat, the intention. Um, And so the intention, and I can go back then and say I did something, and then what is its meaning? Now I'm reintending the goodness.
4: Okay. Cecilia, did you have your hand up to speak? You have to unmute yourself.
7: So it, was, it was Richard, um, Richard. Um, we're sharing. Um, thank you so much. Uh, I, that's wonderful. Um, I just want to come back to the the, the beginning of, of really of how you, because you're looking at the, uh, the, the there's nothing but hi, like him and there's nothing like his likeness mm-hmm. So you've got the split and in a way we've got the mother book and we've got the raised pens
2: yeah. and
7: in a way the process is I was trying to correlate the two ideas because in a way it's quite interesting that you had a vertical line yeah. and then the line became horizontal right. when you started to talk about just before you talked about kada and Kadat. Right. The, 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 the consequence of the split of the light like, the like, the likeness that the, the, the light like, likeness appearing right. is that then you have that's where this is all this uh, other stuff is being played out mm-hmm. because that's where you have the the, the the mother book and then the consequences mm-hmm. because you've got the relative move into relativity on that side. Mm-hmm. Is that um, uh, a, a way of reading it? That, that, yeah,
0: yeah, you know, it's beautiful because. In a sense, when we go back to the single entity, that's in a sense the mother book. But then, with with that, but the single entity also expresses itself by different uh, properties and colors and variegations. And so, this expression of the one book is the is khadar is the second book. So the second book is the expression of the first book. And the same way, the who. Uh, uh, in, in Abi's vision, that, that, that big who there, shivers and then expresses something else. And so every expression is an expression of the who, but not an additional something. And the same way, so the mother, mother book is like, is like a template put down, put down. And then it, as, it, as it quivers and shivers, and we go through it, uh, different, uh, the second book emerges. So the second book emerges from the first book, and in the same way that the Hu lahu emerges from, uh, and so we don't. Say, so we don't say is this expression not God or not God, and we say yes, it's God and it's not God. It's it's another expression, and so the same way Ibn Abi says the Zat expresses as the speaker, the hearer, the the powerful, the the generous. It expresses. And, and neither one, those aren't components, and those aren't combinations, and they're not composites. It's one thing expressing in different ways. And so, and so in that sense, though, the, how the, the motherboard is, in a sense, the template, and how the second book plays across it uh, becomes, becomes what we're interested in seeing. And so, how the thing that is nothing like it plays out as a likeness and so on this side, and then the throne of Bilqis, ka'anna hu hua, as if it is it. So the throne of Bilqis is here. She's looking at it and says, it's as if it was, it is this throne that I left. Um, and Ibn Abi says, and it is it, it is it. Um, and so it's the expression that uh, the who shivered and created a throne, which is like the throne. And th- But there is no, in the same way with the marble and the golden columns, it shivers and everyone say, oh, it's a gold column. And then it shivers and they say, it's a marble car- column. And it says, it's neither marble nor gold. It's just a column which has its clothes put on it. And so if I look back at my life, if I haven't gone through it, it doesn't mean anything. It's only when I've gone through how I reacted to each of these obstacles or blessings, that determines its meaning. So if I look at, if, if, and so we can't have a smooth ride from birth to death because the smooth ride, nothing will happen. There'll be no meaning produced. So we have to have the different elements of the obstacles in the course to see how we are going to handle them and this is why ibn Arabi says when the quran you hear we these are the divine names and so so until we learn so until we know what happens but that is the divine names divine names are waiting And they're saying until we know how this person handles this part of the obstacle course we won't know which name is going to be in charge and say that's mine and so that's so at every moment that's that's where we feel the free will because we don't know we don't the divine names themselves don't even know which one is going to be writing and saying this is mine all we do know, and this is the greatest thing to know, is that in the end, the stake that we are will be picked up and Rahmah will say, I have got you, I've saved you. And then we'll look back and we'll see all of these other horses coming after us. And we thought they were going to win, uh, but they don't. It's Rahmah that wins, so alhamdulillah.
7: <laughs> thank you, Richard. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> thank you.
0: <laughs> one, last, one
4: last question, I think uh-huh. we as if there's time, does Ibn Arabi talk about karma and past lives, whereby the mother book would be the result of our past actions?
0: Uh uh-huh. So what? So when the mother book is presented to us, is it presented to us for a, a certain way? So are some people given a really tough mother book and some given an easy mother book because of something that happens before? Um, well, we, certainly, those who are given rahma first. So Ibn Arabi says that there's four rahma in the in the Fatiha. There's four merciful kindnesses in the in the Fatiha, and so the people who are at the at the last verse and saying, uh, and say we are the people who uh, deserve this correction, deserve this disciplining. They're saying, give us the rahma that you gave to those people without them deserving it. Give it to us now, without us deserving it, and then we'll we'll go along our merry way. So rahma is given without merit or without deserving. To it. So in that sense, if you're given a, a mother book that has rahma in it early, um, it's not because of something you've done either in a past life or or in the pre-eternity. Um, but it but you it but in pre-eternity we might as we came through the the cosmos, and Ibn ta- talks about getting hung up in different planets and co- comets in different places. And those places we get hung up do come back uh, in our life. And so if we get hung up um, on Saturn, we get a certain kind of problem that, uh, that we get when we are born and we live this life. So, but that could then mean that the motherboard, the motherboard, the mother book board Obstacle, course, takes place from e- pre-eternity onwards, so it's, who knows? We'll just have to keep asking if I will be that one. Alhamdulillah. <clears throat> Thank you.
8: Okay.